We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the podcast where all movies are sports movies. Brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Bandujo. Today's episode was selected by our Big Screen Sports Patreon group, the Patrons Movie of the Month. The patrons nominated and then voted for it. And tip of the hat to them for understanding that all movies really are sports movies. Because today, we're talking about National Treasure with Caroline Darney, Alex McDaniel, both returning to the show. Very excited about that. Very excited to talk about how hunting for treasure or I guess uh, stealing the Declaration of Independence as well, definitely a sport. Want to shout out our Patreon group for that. Great choice. And want to shout out our Big Chill producer-level patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D., Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, James Kolowski, Chris Mikoski, Andrew Teagle, John Craig, Sam Smith, Zach Rich, Jason Alba, and Classic Stadium Fire. Also, Aaron Figueroa, patron number one, first person to ever sign up for this show, just had his first baby. Congratulations to him and his wife. Beautiful child. Shout out to them. Very excited for that. I I hope you can listen to this episode when you're up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, rocking a baby to sleep, doing whatever you got to do. It has been a long time since I did that, but shout out to them. Congratulations. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash big screen sports, you want to join Aaron and the rest of the patrons, you can vote on movies for the show to cover. We have three polls up right now for movies to cover in October. Still some time remaining on those. Patrons are getting three movies uh, so go get your votes in for that. You get schedule updates, you get ad-free episodes, you get merch, and you get to support the show. Keep this thing rolling. If you want to support the show for free, go ahead, tell a friend. Tell a friend who likes movies, sports movies, whatever it might be. Uh, that is that is always appreciated as well as leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a five-star rating. So with that, let's talk National Treasure. Let's talk Nick Cage. Let's talk a lot of bad fashion. Excited to have Caroline and Alex on to do it. Let's get to it. I'm gonna steal it. <clears throat> what? I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. All right, returning to the podcast. It is a real band getting back together moment. Caroline Darney, Alex McDaniel, 
Welcome back to Big Screen Sports. I am excited. How is everyone doing? Both, both your guests are living in the same state now. I know. now. I'm jealous. You're living in my favorite state, which is yeah. just me red with envy. I know. Sorry, Commonwealth. We're in the same Commonwealth. That's right. That's it's right. true. Let me put it's my monocle st- back on. It's not a state. It's a Commonwealth. Yeah. You know who'd be very disappointed that we called it a state? Benjamin Franklin Gates. Benjamin Franklin <laughs> Gates would be curious. He was, you know, Riley, Virginia is actually a Commonwealth. <laughs> because of ah. such and such in 1752. Oh my god. Uh okay, the the content at for the win and bet for the win and Alex, why don't you just walk us through what how's it been going? Um we, okay, so you and I were talking about this the other day. It's been since February that I've it been on the been podcast. Since February. The last time was <sighs> Palm Springs, I believe. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was rom-com time. So it was one of them. Mm-hmm. The thing is, dear listeners, Kyle and I got in a big fight and I was like, I'm not putting up with it anymore. We literally boxed. You don't respect <laughs> my nonsensical commentary. And I was like, I'm out. If you get it together, I'll come back. He and called her Miss, ha- Miss Al. Yeah. He called me Miss Al. <laughs> and like, he, I, I was sending Caroline videos <laughs> like, we'll get Miss Al on board. <laughs> And last week, a wake up call. Last week, Kyle was like, "Okay, I'm sorry. Come back." I'm like, "All right." <laughs> and, then, and then Caroline, Caroline spit on Mike, and it was a whole thing. And- <laughs> that footage, that footage leaked about the, you know, was there a spit? Yeah, it's wild. It's been a wild few months here. Uh, big screen sports. It's wild. Has. How's how's the content over for the win? Everyone, the content's Back good. Forward. We've got it's cracking right now. It is cracking. It's football season, which depending on whether you're a college football fan or an NFL fan or both, which are three very different types of people, by the way, <laughs> yes. if you're an overlap, by the way, um, we got a lot of stuff going on and it's a lot of fun. We launched a TikTok account oh. um, last week and we've got some fun TikToks happening. I'm not old. And Caroline's been killing it on her side because she and I basically we we run the same website. She just runs all the stuff that has to deal with gambling. Yeah, because she's a degenerate. Degenerate. Gambling is important. (laughs) The only times I come on over to her side is when Glenn Powell is on. It's true. Game day. Just been a lot of Top Gun content, but a lot of Top Gun content since Alex was last on. I'm like Alex is out. I'm gonna write something else about Top Gun. That's the move. Speaking of gambling, the movie we're talking about tonight is like the equivalent of hitting a 27 play parlay. That's what yes. it feels like. So here's now the I'm thing. I'm thinking how I can turn this into content. <laughs> like yeah, what, are the, what are the actual chances that he would be able to do all of these things? Here's the thing about this movie. We've, we've gotten some whispers, some buzz. Hey, you guys aren't doing sports movies as much anymore. What's the deal? <laughs> You're doing some of these other movies. Even got a review on Apple Podcasts about I liked it more when it was sports. Well, guess what? The Patreon group nominated this movie, chose this movie, because they understand that treasure hunting is a sport. And they we pay money. Talking- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they run the roost. They pay for the content, so they dictate the content, okay? <laughs> if you want to dictate the content, there are three polls up in uh, up on the Patreon right now to set the October slate, including the, just the Caroline Darney poll. Put, put four of Caroline's favorites on there. That's a great one. So go check that out. But tonight, we are talking about National Treasure the 2004 action-adventure movie. A historian races to find the legendary Templar treasure before a team of mercenaries. Sir Nick Cage, Diane Kruger, Justin Bartha, and Sean Bean, directed by John Turtletop, produced by Cocaine Energy himself, Jerry <laughs> Bruckheimer. 
Got a 46% on Rotten Tomatoes. What? But, but grossed $347.5 million, spawned a sequel, spawned an upcoming Disney Plus series. With the, Bantha. Yeah, this this movie was a phenomenon. It is still memed because there's nothing I love more than like the the tweet of like, I'm not... Uh, I'm not going out tonight. And then it's like me four beers later. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Can like, I tell of- you, I, do, I don't mean to interrupt, but earlier tonight, <laughs> Caroline was texting me and she's like, I've never seen this movie before. She was watching. I'm like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, I, I think I've just seen what? so many memes. <laughs> she said, I think I've seen so many memes over the years that I just thought I saw it. <laughs> so that was the thing I was going to tell you. But I was like, before we start recording, I was like, I'm going to wait until we actually start. I'm sorry. I, I stepped no, no, on no, it. No, 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 that's perfect. That's the perfect way to do this it. This is that's fantastic. Exactly the reaction I wanted. <laughs> I had never seen this movie. It started and I was like, where are they? What is he wearing? Why are his collars so big? Like, <laughs> and then I realized very quickly, I was like, I have not seen this movie. Um, but by like two-thirds of the way through i'm texting alex i'm like i am enthralled i'm not gonna lie to you i'm sitting here like mouth agape like ooh, what treasure what clue are they gonna find next <laughs> like i would watch a series of nick cage just solving riddles honestly oh, as nick sure. cage like just this when he was movie... walking around like ooh, uh, no, no one talk ooh, let me think like doing all that stuff i was like i'd watch hours of that just that just this movie an early guest on this show Kevin Turner, I reference this often. We were talking about Draft Day. He said, this movie isn't good, but I was never not entertained. I think this movie is better than Draft Day, but I am almost always entertained. And I think meme culture around this movie is kind of like that. And we're all in a good place of this being Caroline's first watch. Alex watched some recap videos, having seen it, but not for a while. I saw this in theaters. This was a big deal for me. Yes. I, was, I was 13 when you came out. Can you imagine how into this movie I was? Like this was, because <laughs> yes. this was still a reality. It's like, is this a career? Can I did you hunt? Did you idolize Riley? Like, honest, oh, like, honest question. We Bartha, didn't. Bartha in this movie, if you're, <laughs> if you're in middle school, you want to be Justin Bartha. Because I watched it and I was like, I get like, and this is this, I hope this doesn't sound like me. So it's not at all. I was like, I get very like the, I got your energy from him and in, in a good way where I was just like the delivery and like some of the jokes and like the sarcasm. I was like, this is giving me Kyle energy in like the best possible way that can just, I was like, I need to ask him if he idolized this person. With this movie I, I've always, out. I have always owned Bartha stock from the second <laughs> I saw this movie. I've been, yeah. been in on Bartha. So Tell you what, that stock looks tough right now. Uh, I, gave, <laughs> I gave Justin Bartha's IMDb a little quick browse. Like same thing I say often, I hope he lives in a really nice house. Hope he's doing well. Um, hey, he got you know, that it, 1%. <laughs> That's yeah, true. if he if he got points on uh, the Hangover on any like even the second like he's he's probably doing okay. Yeah, so that's we're we're gonna hold out for that. I tasked you guys with something impossible, and that is doing <laughs> the Nick Cage Mount Rushmore. I almost like I almost want to skip it because I I was looking at it and Caroline, we talked about this a little bit with Felder when we did uh we did Con Air. <laughs> No, we did face oh, off. Face, face off, face off. Yeah, yeah. Then we did con hair with Mike. <laughs> Mike. I was on a real, I've been on a real Nick. Anytime you want to do the, the wicker man, let me know. Oh my God. Well, we still have to do the rock. The rock is the yeah. one. Cause so taking that into account, like he's had these multiple careers. There is weird, there's like crazy 90s action cage, which is like con air, face off, the rock. I would throw gone in 60 seconds in that. 
Then there's this period in the 2000s where like this movie's a smash hit, but he's also just like, I need to make as much money as I can. So he's doing like National Treasure. He's doing Ghost Rider, which was they, they they a lot of money was put behind that. But he's also doing like six straight to DVD movies. And then there's Nick Cage, the serious actor where he he's this man has won an Oscar. He got nominated, I think, for adaptation too. like. Wasn't well, Raising Arizona is like pretty critically yes. acclaimed too, like comedy wise. Like he, that was one of his early roles too. Yes, uh, like a Mount Rushmore for this guy is is impossible. But I ask, is is this movie on the treasure hunt, Mount Rushmore? No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, sure, I don't watch a lot of treasure hunting movies unless you. Count, There's not like, nearly enough. I'll tell the, you that that's much. True. Is I've Tomb never Raider. I've never seen any of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. You know, like Uncharted? Would that be? Yeah, I was like, Uncharted? Alex, you haven't seen Pirates of the Caribbean? (sighs) Guys. Now you you open you and You and Jack (laughs) first, like, you guys have to see that movie. I've been up to a lot of stuff. The first Pirates of the Caribbean is all time. I mean, you can, you know, you got to ignore some things now, but it is all time movie. But like, treasure hunting movies, Caroline... You went straight for Tomb Raider, huh? Um, uh, well, I mean, honestly, most re- so here's the other full disclosure. I am finally watching season two of Outer Banks, okay. <laughs> the very classic Netflix show. And I rewatched season one because I forgot everything that happened in season one, except the fact that they were looking for gold and that they took a ferry to Chapel Hill from the Outer Banks, which is physically impossible. <laughs> Those are the two things I remember. Uh, so I rewatched them and I'm on the second season. I actually am in the finale of the second season and it's all treasure hunting. So it's the same thing. They get these clues and like all this stuff. And I love that kind of shit. <laughs> it's super entertaining to me. Cause again, I like riddles and solving puzzles and watching other people do it apparently. Um, but a lot of times what happens in treasure hunting stuff is people just make the absolute worst choices at every possible turn. And it drives me nuts. And yet I still, like I will have put 20 hours into, sorry, 30 hours because I've watched season one twice into Outer Banks. And every single time I'm like, you idiots. Okay, next episode, what happens? <laughs> Let me just say something. And I just realized that these timelines match up in a weird way. So the last time I did the podcast was February. In February, I was finally like, let me see what this Uncharted game is about. And I've played um, A Thief's End. I played the the last one. And Caroline remembers because I was texting her the whole time. I think I beat mm-hmm. it in like three days. Then I downloaded the rest of them and beat them within a week. And I was like, okay, maybe I am into this. Like, I think yes. it's the same thing. I get frustrated when people aren't making the choices I would have made. But when you're in a game, even like it's stuff that's frustrating and you have to redo it and you die a lot. I'm better when I'm in control of that. Mm-hmm. This is a sign that there needs to be more treasure hunting content. Again, this yeah. movie made $347 million. And like I was I went to pull some treasure hunting movies like Pirates of the Caribbean, the Indiana Jones movies. Oh, like the original, oh, the original yeah. classics. classics. Uh all time for me, uh Muppet Treasure Island. Just <laughs> I am I'm in on the Muppets. When y'all this in December, if y'all want to do Muppet Christmas Carol, we'll do Muppet Christmas. I also went in on the whole Twitter thing where people are like make more movies and just put Muppets in them and have one reg- oh, like one the, human remain. The, this movie, but replace replace all the characters except leave one. Like this movie, like but aliens. everyone's a Muppet except Nick Cage is oh incredible. My God. <laughs> Great movie. 
that's oh, that I think would that's be a new cat new category. Who's honestly <laughs> Con Air with all Muppets and <laughs> you could do either John Malkovich or Nicolas Cage, I think, in that no, situation. It's, uh, what Johnny twenty three or whatever his name that's is? Danny Trejo. That's Danny Trejo and Muppet. Oh, oh god. my god! Yeah, that's a whole podcast. Okay, Caroline, <laughs> as the first time watcher, is this a Hall yes. of Fame All Star starter bench warmer sports movie? I think it's a starter for me. I think that's where I go. It, again, it was entertaining, um, but I always wonder, and this is the curse of Nicolas Cage, how much of the entertainment is just him being Nicolas Cage and saying things in the wackiest possible way. <laughs> and I think about the fact that this was done multiple takes for the same scenes. And this was the one that they landed on. So the one we get to see <laughs> is the one that they chose out of all of the takes is how we get to see, like when he's talking to Diane Kruger in the, gala and he's like and my favorite when they took their entrails out and burned them (laughs) (laughs) i was like that's the one where the director was like nailed it next scene let's go like perfect chefs yeah so i think it's entertaining um it's on disney plus which is great because i didn't have to pay anything beyond what i'm already paying for all the stupid subscriptions in my life um is it one that i'm gonna like routinely rewatch no so that's why it's a starter for me i enjoyed it it might be one of those like funny hey if it's on sometime like if it comes across tnt that's where i think i'd be like ah let's see let's see how big (laughs) nick cage's collar is in this scene that's what this one when it came out did the tnt tbs run because it's a movie that you don't lose anything nothing would get edited out to for TV audiences, like that's why I have seen this a million times. A million well, also, times. what would you fit it into a two and a half hour slot or a three hour slot? It's probably got to be a three hour slot, right? That's something we'll we'll talk about. It's very long. Um, it, Alex, they weren't messing around. All star, all star starter bench will run this one. Like obviously, since I haven't watched it in eighteen years. <laughs> <laughs> But I am going to say a starter because I agree. I'm just, I'm really bad about rewatching things and it has no, it does not, it's not indicative of like how I feel about it. Because the thing is like, even when I was watching the recaps, I was remembering, you know, my dad was a historian and I became a historian because of him. And my son is now into it and he's nine. He can tell you everything about World War II. And so the movie gives me, there's just a lot of warmth in like, the whole family like passing things on. Although how ridiculous is it that Christopher Plummer is the grandpa and then like the maybe two years younger John Boyd walks in as his son. <laughs> like, what are we doing? I had, I told Kyle, I was like, I, there was a little bit where I was like, is Nicolas Cage that much younger than John I, I think they're all within like five years of each other. <laughs> there, there's actually a bigger gap between Nicolas Cage. Nick Cage is 40 in this movie. I don't know if that matches what I expected or if that feels younger than he's given me. Nick Cage was 40 for like 15 years. Yeah, that's the problem. Yes, that is it. That is the problem. Con Air, he's 40. (laughs) He's 40. Raising Arizona, he's 40. 40. (laughs) Sam has been 40 for his entire career. (laughs) 
<laughs> this movie for me is a starter, but it has all-star moments. And not just like last guy voted in on the team. It has like the guy starting the all-star game on the mound moments. It has some incredible. The thing with this one, it starts out great. And then the middle of it is like, <laughs> why is this so long? And what are we doing? And how many different clues are there? And then the end fucking is a banger. So it's just, yeah. it's really, it's really bookended. We just, I mean, getting into the IMDb trivia, Caroline and I were laughing about this before we started recording on the DVD. Director John Turtletop says the initial rough cut of this movie was around four hours long. What? <laughs> no. Four hours of footage. Just, that's another clue. Like, <laughs> it just, I really could have done with a timeline. That was one of the things, like, I understand, like, they're going, so... I don't want to step on your toes of like where we're going to go, but they start in the Antarctic? Arctic? It, it seems to be in the Arctic. I think in the Arctic. Arctic? I think up up north? I, I don't think they're um, specific, and that's not the only time they're not specific. They're in like nor- just north of Montreal. <laughs> just outside Montreal. No, um, and then they're stranded nine miles from some random fishing village or whatever, the Inuit village. Inuit village, yeah, up north. Um, that he happens to like, of course he knows about whatever. Of course he knows. And then they cut to the FBI. I'm like, how long did it take them to get home? Did, was that, a, was, was that easy for them? That was, I thought we'd get a little bit more. Okay. We're just moving on with it. Okay. They're in DC now. And they do stay within like DC. They, like, they're in that corridor. I get it. Are they just driving John Voight's like luxurious sedan around the entire time? Yeah. Is this like, is this, I guess I'm asking like, is this two weeks or two days? Like, what are we working with here? I just had no idea. It's funny. I think between the first scene and then when they get back to DC, like you're right. That has to take a month at least. I mean, the fucking walk to the village. Like they're probably, probably, yeah. Cause it's like blustery and cold. And where are they getting food? Did they have snacks with them <laughs> do they have snacks like how prepared were they does riley <laughs> riley probably has like one thing of trail mix and he's debating the half the walk he's like if i, should if I, I use pop this out yeah if, should i use it now if i pop it out how much am i gonna have to share with him like i feel guilty <laughs> if i don't at all but like i packed it he didn't pack it it's just, like, it's a whole thing like as someone with some riley energy like i would have anxiety like it would honestly get me through the first four hours of the walk just thinking just about, thinking about that as someone with want- riley energy i just love that that's great i need i needed more logistics out of the inuit village i think is what we're what i'm coming up with is like i just needed a little bit more i'm like did you know someone? Is there In a this plane that comes daily? Cut, it probably has a probably. twenty minute Inuit village. And he's like he's talking to the villagers about like the history of themselves and they're just like, What the fuck? Like, get out of here. We, we know we, dude. Like, we why live are you this far away to, to, to get away from people like this. Yeah. Um I, I will say otherwise, this is a very weak IMDB trivia. There's not a, there's not a lot here. There's 52 items. Like sometimes I will tell, like the Con Air trivia was oh, you know, like, amazing. Could do its own podcast, but there's sometimes I will say, hey, go go to IMDb, read this. Like no, there's there's really nothing of value here besides uh, you can actually buy National Treasure at the National Archives. So Alex is someone who lives lives close to the National Archives. <laughs> go buy go buy National Treasure. Go buy yourself a DVD. And get yourself a replica Constitution and pay thirty five dollars to get totally. it. They, uh, they accept Visa though. So. Thirty five dollars in the wrinkliest cash you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> he 
tried to ask the woman at the concession stand if he could pay just thirty two fifty seven. <laughs> That's not how this works, Nicholas Cage. Oh my god! Yeah, no, I even going through the recaps, it was weird because I was like, I was eighteen when this movie came out. I was like, you know, old country girl come to the big city of Oxford, Mississippi. Where I was like, going to, I was a freshman in college, and it was weird thinking of like me watching that and having never been to DC in my life and be like, the Washington Monument, <laughs> like a memorial, like all these great things. And now I'm like, I could just hop on a train and get there. I might do my own national treasure. You should. Alex is going to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we all get bored. Let's take a quick break to hear from the people who are funding our treasure hunting adventures. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Before we get into our many, many, many questions about all the logistics in this movie, let's talk about what worked. Let's talk about why this has spawned a sequel, a Disney Plus series, why we are talking about this almost 20 years after it came out. This came out 18 years ago, which is fucking crazy. Uh, oh I will say this movie is it's nerdy Ocean's Eleven, which I'm I'm here yeah. for. I like I love it. it's it's a mix of a heist and a treasure hunt, and I like that. I love that combination. I need more heist treasure hunts because usually the heist is the big thing. We get a heist in the beginning of this movie, and then a treasure hunt. That's not that's not common. I really appreciate that. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, you know, what works for me, Sean Bean. Just was waiting for it. <laughs> Even now, when I like said that in a non, ooh, is he handsome? Way now, I'm like, I spent a lot of the movie. Well, one, everyone needs a haircut. Yep. Like all the all the guys need haircuts. Especially John Voight. You are an older man. Why are you, why are you disheveled up here? I will what say, is? I'm kind of at the point, like we're we're still okay up top, but I've also kind of realized that if you get to that age and you have it. You're like, I'm just, I'm letting it just go. Keeping because it. If, if I cut it, I don't don't know if it's coming back. I'm not saying you had to cut it. Just put a comb through it. it. It looked like someone, every scene with him looks like somebody came along right before and just like messed with his head. Just like put a hand on his head. Ah, <laughs> oh, John like, Boy. Oh, look at you. <laughs> he, was, he was so grouchy and crotchety that I, 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 like he definitely doesn't own a comb. He clearly lives by himself and doesn't. <laughs> I, in I real life. honestly <laughs> watch an entire series if back in the day like just what john boyd is doing around that house 
Like, yeah, I, it's, a big, it's a big, nice house. I just have so many, just so many things that I quite. He's like, want the pizza, and I'll uh, like why his first thought when he showed up was like, and there's a woman there was like, did you get her pregnant? I'm like, calm down, John Boy. Like, kind of insinuating that that Benjamin Gates, uh, like fucked a lot in his youth. Well, and like that's said, his first assumption. And they went to the place to get new clothes. First of all, they bought a lot of clothes, a lot of layers. <laughs> yeah, again, I needed. Layers. I need like a reference point. There was no way to tell other than how much clothing they wore, like what season it was. But like the kid that they sent into the museum in Philly, like he didn't have a bunch of layers on. So what are we doing? Like so many, and I don't know how they bought that many clothes with the money that came out of John Voight's little booklet. But anyway, I just, <laughs> so many questions. What was the <laughs> question? <laughs> what, what, what worked? worked what worked? What worked? Sean Bean, and I, every time I see Sean Bean in anything, I think of the, I don't know if it was like tweet or Facebook or whatever, where someone was like, listen, Sean Bean, you have to pick, like, you can't spell your name like that and have it be Sean Bean. Like, it should be like Zine Bean mm-hmm. or Sean Bon. <laughs> <laughs> Kills me every time. It, um, it's weird to see Sean Bean in a movie where he doesn't die and instead, right? and, so, instead ends excellent. up in federal prison. He's so good in this. <laughs> he's so, I just, he's a great actor. And like, you know, I think what is it? Because he is in Lord of the Rings, right? I'm not making that up. Like he is in. Oh yeah, no. Okay, we yeah. actually, I finally, as of this weekend, I finally convinced Jacqueline to watch Fellowship. So we watched that this weekend. He's I don't in, know he's what any amazing. of that is. I've never seen that. Man, Alex is leaving this podcast with homework. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, Kyle, you initially asked me to come on this podcast a year ago to talk about Ted Lasso. <laughs> I, I did I not lie. For any of it. I never pretended that I had seen a lot of movies. <laughs> we're we're going to get you there though. We're going to, so, we're going to get you there. Can I share? So when I, just so you know, Alex, if you do end up watching it, I knew that Lord of the Rings was three parts. I thought it was like similar to Harry Potter in that it was one overarching story where each one had like its own contained story. So I watched three hours of these hobbits talking to each other about nonsense and eating potatoes and stuff for them to get nowhere. And it ended and I was like, they did nothing. They- I did I did see The Hobbit because someone made me. Also, that The book- Hobbit's not good. No. The book's really that good. That book the is Hobbit so movie. short. I, that guy's Wait. in it. That, that, what is his name? He's He was on the Office British edition. Martin he Freeman. Was- Yes, thank you. I do like Martin Freeman. I love him. Who's also in like Black Panther and stuff and too. And Hitchhiker's so Guide to the Galaxy. Also I true. Seen that movie. Um, yeah, that movie. I fell asleep in one of the. That was like when they first started having those like big comfy chairs at movie theaters that reclined. <laughs> and my friend, I told my friend to go with him for his birthday. Um, and we went at like 10 a.m. on like a Saturday. Fell asleep. Woke up. Same scene. Didn't miss anything. Because they took that book. That entire movie spanned like 23 pages. There were 20 minutes on picking hats. Like, what are we doing with these movies? Okay. <laughs> so mad. I do have a what worked. Yes. So like, as ridiculous as the premise is, what? imagine this movie if the clues they were looking for weren't on things like money and the declaration of independence. <laughs> like, imagine all the same places, but you have to like go find a random brick in a wall or something. It's not going to work. It has to be like, oh man, they wanted to protect the treasure so much. You know what they did? They put it on money that everyone touches. 
this movie makes you feel like you could also be an American history expert. Like when he's doing that, it it feels like it could have been real. Which and that's I think is why important. it works because I yes. think everybody deep down, there are some people who hate history the way that I hate math. I get it. Like <laughs> if you're a historian though, it's kind of everything you do and it's everything you see. And I think when you're a journalist, it kind of crosses over. You're just trying to find out interesting stuff. But I think deep down, especially in American culture, because we're such a young country that our, all of our history is very fresh, you know, it's like the same stuff we learn in grade school and stuff. And I think there's like an excitement there about, you know, oh, this, I could, I could go here and learn that and see, it's just, I don't know. I think it's exciting, but I think that's part of it is you feel, you feel like, well, if Nick Cage can do it, then anyone can i, I could too do could do it yeah i do love stuff where it's like oh it's gonna go through when the light passes this it points to the because there's a similar thing in indiana jones one of the indiana yeah. movies, which is great and i love that again i you're so right about uncharted i love riddles and logic problems and like all of that stuff and so this just feeds into that 100 percent because I also think that what you just said about why it works and having the clues like on money is also partly <laughs> why it doesn't work. We're like, come on, what are these clues? That's what I'm saying. It's like, it doesn't work, but that's what makes it work. It's How like, does oh, he man. know to prick his thumb to get blood on the pipe he finds in the barrel? That's History, the thing that baby. works but doesn't work is that he knows the right thing to do every single time you never once in this movie feel like he's like not going to get the next clue yeah yeah like yeah. never it's never in doubt <laughs> just also, once i wanted him to end up like at a denny's and he's like ah shit <laughs> can you imagine doing an escape room with nicholas cage not his character <laughs> not his character in the movie the actual Nicolas Cage. no this okay is so dream. this is this is what i was gonna ask you guys <laughs> how many times while filming this movie did he secretly think to himself you know i could do this I know. like I, I could i could find a treasure at that's least why once he, a day. that's probably why he bought all that like expensive weird historical shit for his house in vegas yeah didn't, he, like, buy, find, didn't he buy a dinosaur yeah <laughs> he's like if, if i find ball? one clue we're game on baby i'm finding something we're i going. mean nicholas cage as a concept <laughs> it's like you know how every now and then like you're at a relatively young like a college bar not even college, but just like young bar. And there's like the old guy in the corner, just minding his own business, but you're tipsy enough to strike up a conversation. And he just tells you the most insane shit that you've ever heard in your life. That's Nicholas Cage. Yeah. That's, that's Nicholas Cage. As a the, the cast in general in this movie is unreal. Good. Like just from like the side players, like you have Harvey Keitel, John Voigt, Christopher Plummer, Sean Bean and Nicolas Cage in the same movie. If I'm you, sorry, you forgot Mark Pellegrino on that list. Thank you. Uh, Dexter, Dexter's own. I believe and two, two Dexter alums. Yes. <laughs> Both FBI. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a loaded, loaded cast. You get Bartha pre hangover. You get Diane Kruger pre inglorious bastards. Like it is just, I mean, that's where this movie is like, is ridiculous. The entire premise but it's also produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and had a hundred million dollar budget. So like they like their exposition exposition scene, they got Christopher Plummer to play the old like one of our greatest yeah. greatest actors of all time. Like, hey Chris, are you free for an hour? Like, yeah. let's do this. We need you to knight a child. Christopher Plummer was one of my first like 
out of college interviews ever. Like you got to interview Christopher. Uh, I absolutely did. So I went to the junket for girl, with the dragon tattoo when it came out. And did you talk to Daniel Craig? I talked to all of them. I talked to, um, what was her name? Was it Rooney or Kate? It was Rooney. Rooney. Rooney, Rooney Mara. But Christopher was the first one. And these interviews took place in like a hotel room in Chelsea that is like very fancy. And they have like tea and shit. And right before I go in, the publicist is like, whatever you do, you do not ask a question about Sound of Music. And if you do, we take you out. I wasn't going to anyway. I just wanted to meet him and talk to him. The loveliest man. I have never been more intimidated or charmed anyway. I absolutely love this story. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need, we're, we're, we're going to need some more off mic. I need to know, every, one, I love that movie. I love Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Like, when do we do an Inside Man? It was a good one. <laughs> and like, Rooney was great. She she had a tickle in her throat, so she requested some like hot water with lemon. <laughs> halfway through you you. I'm like the person and it's in a hotel room so you're like literally sitting at this little table while they're anyway I sorry I derailed but my point was it wasn't 10 years later because you could have asked the question we're all wondering which is like so how's Joaquin I know what's it like being married to that guy but no my point was Christopher Plummer hates sound of music does not want to be remembered for well R.I.P. um but he was lovely and I love him God, that's amazing. Miles Teller was my first junket one, and I was terrified, and it was via Zoom. So I sat there not knowing when it was going to pop up, and they were going to let me in. Awful. I hate the Zoom interview. We're still waiting for number one over here on this end. So, (laughs) all right. Now, I guess I did some press stuff for uh, the novice, Lauren Hathaway, great director. Um, (laughs) Yeah, fun stuff. You guys should check that movie out. Um, This movie, so this worked for me. In that it, it, we're just talking entertainment value here. All time bad police security <laughs> movie. Just so bad. all time bad. Like yeah. bottom bottom five. Everyone's terrible at their job. The one yeah. FBI, like the lead FBI agent, is also mysteriously a member of this like Templars Masons group. Like con- weird conspiracy guy. Also, this- his his nails are terrible for that much of a close up of his hands. By the way, listen, it's Har- like, Harvey Keitel is. I mean, like, sir, you need you need to trim your nails. I, I did not notice that. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> did not work. So a trope that I don't like in these types of movies in general, and same with Uncharted, is the idea that if you're trying to swipe something, the best time to do it is when there's a big event where everyone is around it. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> is there not a way you could figure out how to swipe it in the dark? Like there are, there's very advanced technology but it's always like, no, it's the night of the party. <laughs> that's yeah, that's just an excuse to get all of the good looking people into like tuxedos and dresses and stuff. Yeah. Cause like everything's way cool. Cause I also originally was like, how are they going to get it? Like, you can't get an invite to that. Right. But then graphic design is his passion. And he had apparently <sighs> the best camera ever made in the history of the world to zoom in at that guy's security badge yep. from an angle in which he was able in to. In 2004. <laughs> which did i'm sorry again the security at the national archives was a a few holes might need to bring a consultant in identify some some areas of improvement maybe maybe make some changes we didn't have any guards down there because they were all upstairs that's i mean we're that's the plan let's i i want to just i want to end what worked with like this is a generally 
very entertaining movie at a lot of spots. Yes. Like, and I, th- I think it's very yeah. fun. It's, it's something that you don't feel like you don't get sucked in, but there are like, when this is on TV, I'm like, I do want to see, there are a few scenes where I'm like, I really, I, I think the beginning is excellent. Like the first, I would say 20, I, I would say all the way up until they steal the declaration of independence is excellent. The next hour is like, Oh, okay. We got some stuff going on. And then the, I'm not gonna lie. I enjoyed it. I mean, again, there are moments. There are like pockets of moments. Like it is fun, but I want to get into the strikeout, the worst, most head scratching part of this movie. I, I have wrote down three things. I have yet, I introduced this category like two months ago. I've, I've yet to pick just one thing for any movie. Um, th- we talked about this a little bit, I think, in, with Con Air and Face Off. There's just no chance that, that Ben Gates lands Dr. Chase. Nicholas Cage doesn't have sexual chemistry with literally anybody. I mean, that couple, like, what? What? He spent the first, like, (laughs) I can't. His flirting (laughs) is by far the best slash worst part of this movie. When they're both like, I also love the movie trope where it's like, they expect to talk to a man because it's a man's role where it's like, I'm working as a historian. It's got to be a man. And then the door opens and they're like, she's cute. Like that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Those are always my favorite. Very cute man. Thank you. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hi. Abigail Chase. Paul Brown. Nice to meet you. Bill. Nice to meet you, Bill. How may I help you? Well, your accent. Pennsylvania Dutch? Saxony German. Oh. (laughs) You're not American? Oh, I am an American. I just wasn't born here. Yeah, it just, and then like when he does kiss her and then like when they're like holding hands at the end, all of it seems so not. I just, just, here's the thing though. I agree, (laughs) but also Nicolas Cage in real life has been with some pretty incredible, he was married to Patricia Arquette. He was married to Lisa Marie Presley. These are gorgeous, accomplished women. Like clearly something's going on. I'm not gonna say it out loud, but I think <laughs> it's. I think it's the collars. <laughs> his love for Superman. Wait, I just cannot get over how like gigantic those collars. Are. We're gonna get into the fashion, Caroline. Is there oh. a strikeout for you? I think. I think the biggest thing for me is that they didn't have any missteps. Like they obviously had like stuff along the way where like someone oh yoinks like they got the declaration or they we ran into them here how weird um but they didn't hit a dead end at all like they didn't have to go back and retrace anything or like they didn't get anything wrong even at the end when they were like you were telling me we did all this for nothing it was like his oh i can't bluff bluff um so i think that part he knew literally everything yeah like he and it is 2004 so to be fair like when the one guy had to google something they had like that huge computer in the in the car he was like um stow declaration of independence in like all caps (laughs) (laughs) look it up online like whatever um so that was i think they could have done probably taken out a clue and maybe had like a like a mess up somewhere in there maybe i don't know but that's probably riley figure out one thing yeah, well, he did. It was just the time. It's Daylight a- savings. <laughs> what, a, what a sad bone to throw him in Alex, that clothing store where he got no clothes. 
Alex, I had one strikeout that when I saw this movie in theaters when I was in middle school, I, I did not notice. It was certainly a sign of the times. Um, they walk into the, the treasure room. It's all this like long, this historical treasure from all realms of the world. And I was just like, oh, yeah, colonialism is bad. Like this is all this is all this is all stolen. <laughs> None of this. Logis- like, logistically no one saw any of that happening yeah no one saw any of that stuff being brought in lugged over from anywhere. all this stuff all this stuff to downtown boston in 72 like, yeah <laughs> well you guys no got those well you guys got those wagons can, can i see yeah. no phil yeah. no stop asking do you have a ring <laughs> yeah like i yes i agree with that i also in general, and like, mind you, because I didn't rewatch the whole movie, there's some context that I know that I'm missing. <laughs> Did they have to steal the Declaration of Independence? Like, if they're just trying to stop old boy, couldn't they have just told someone like he's gonna try to steal it? <laughs> they they tried to tell that this, I actually loved that this was like a whole. So when they jumped the unknown time from the yeah. an, from an, from Arctic. The Arctic Circle, Ar- Arctica is not a place, Caroline. Could be. Um, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> when they made that jump to DC, the first place they went was the FBI, and they left. They're like, "Well, then we tried." <laughs> and, <they're> we tried. Like, <laughs> and it's funnier later because they were like, "How on earth did all the you know like?" And there's one sheepish FBI guy that was like, "Well, we did have a guy come in and say that he thought someone was going to try and steal the Declaration of Independence." <laughs> and he was like, "Well, who was?" He's like, "We didn't take a report." <laughs> so, <laughs> the one thing I did think was funny too is like Riley is obviously like the cautious one who thinks everything through, and it's I think it's when they're like sitting near the Washington Monument, and Riley's like you absolutely can't do this. Stealing the Declaration of Independence is like stealing a national monument. I'm like, no, logistically speaking. Because <laughs> yeah. you know what I can roll up and put in my bag? I know. Not, not the Washington but, Monument. But then Riley's like cool with it. And he's like, maybe we can do it. <laughs> Riley, is, Riley has given into a lot of peer pressure in his life. The, true. Like for sure. It's true. Yeah. He used, well, you know, Nicolas Cage used flawless logic on him. He did the whole, like, Benjamin Franklin had to try 2,672, whatever it was, attempts to get the filament to work in a light bulb. But all he needed was one time it did work. So you're focusing on the bad, like, whatever. Or not. And so that's when he, like, slid the paper across. That was like, oh, the preservation room. He's like, you know what this is? <laughs> Riley's like, where, he's like, where they keep the jams. <laughs> And I was like, okay, fine. I left. <laughs> it, it's also like, it's a given, it's a given to them that, that Ian will absolutely succeed. That Sean Bean will succeed. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. Cause he, he says the thing like, Ben, I did, you know, whatever I, I in a previous life, like I, I could set up a, uh, what was the exact, uh, the exact. Oh, uh, what did he uh, say? Operations of questionable legality. Yes. But it's like, yeah, sure, man. You probably knocked over some banks, but this is the Declaration of Independence. So, like, bet. Like, try. Best of luck. I feel like instead of stealing it, Nicholas Cage and Riley could have, like, gone there and done almost, but just basically, like, had the, like, pull a fire alarm, like, when they got there. You know what I mean? Like, 
hey, he's over here. That's my thing is like, no actual historian would be like, let's take this fundamental document (laughs) and just like roll it up and put it in the bag. (laughs) Nobody would do that. He did it very carefully. He did, so you wouldn't do that. Like you would understand that a document that old requires you know like and then the isn't there like a lemon juice scene did they make that up yes they okay and with a hair dryer with a hair declaration dryer. of independence i remember well, this is there so wait then, is that a quote is that somebody saying are you putting lemon juice on the decorations? that sounds like it would be in this movie because oh so that scene is absolutely hilarious to me only because one they like so they're well, if it's if it is what you say, there'll be a mark in the upper right hand corner. So they try with like a Q tip and like put the lemon juice on it and all this stuff. And uh, John Voight's like puttering around like you're gonna need heat to activate the ink, whatever. So then and nothing's happening. So Nick Cage leans over and just goes <sighs> <laughs> like breathes on it in the creepiest way, and it was like like just shows up. And it was hilarious. And and so then they get the, one of the, so Alex, you'll know exactly what this is. One of the like white hair dryers that was in every single hotel. That still is uh, in every single hotel. Yeah. That makes every single hotel and John Voight's house. Yeah, in John Voight's so house. Rude. That has like the one red flip switch and the blue flip switch, whatever. Clearly he doesn't um, use a blow dryer. So like, no. I get it. <laughs> but I, I was going to say over the course of the movie, when they first like take it out so everyone's wearing gloves like they're not touching it like all the stuff by the end they're like they've been <laughs> blown up and covered in soot and they're like oh let's see what it says like just opening it in a church like whatever i was like we're really getting a little willy-nilly with the whole declaration thing here yeah. which again is like such a fun idea right like what if you could just take this thing and just manhandle it and find your treasure? Just but crumple like, it up a little bit. But in reality, I'm gonna fold like, the declaration that's... and put it in my pocket for safety. <laughs> He's like eating lays. He's like, what does it say there? Like just like wipes it on the paper. Oh man. Hold on. Do do we got a little <laughs> That's how they get it to activate the ink, the secret ink. And he's like holding it with this like greasy thumb. Yeah, he's like, right, hey, look. listen, like 40 of these signatures don't even matter. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh um, let's let's kind of roll that into to what didn't work. I, I would like to talk about, I, I guess for what didn't work, it's more going to be asking questions. I would like to ask some questions about the Masons in general, the protecting of this treasure. Very, very flimsy plan to keep this treasure both safe and findable because clearly they wanted it to be findable because the last guy who knows waits until he is literally knocking on death's door to the point where he does not make it to the white house because he is dying tells his random stable boy seems like seems trustworthy. Like I, you know, I've known, this, known this kid for a few months. Listen, trust him with, with the biggest treasure this world has ever seen. This this is your this is your plan like you guys dig five stories (laughs) down deep in boston and the only hint is this ship that has cracked that has disappeared into the arctic and then you don't even know it's a ship exactly like it's a very uh there's not it's you don't have any two-factor on this bad boy you know what i mean like it's just it's one person like that's it if that person croaks or forgets to tell the next person or is like i think it was um the secret lies with 
Charlene. The secret life <laughs> I want to say Char- Charlene. Charlotte. I don't. I don't know how many Charlenes they had in the seventeen. That's what I mean. Like that's one of the guys like trying to think of the name, and he's like, ah, Char Chartreuse. I think it's like uh, Char something. Yeah, you'll get it. Like you'll whatever. Get- like it just seems like. Good luck, Stan. Is there not right? one big notebook? Yeah, like it just. So it also, was, it, yeah. The Christopher Plummer's telling young Ben the story. And John Voight comes up and he's crotchety as he is in this entire movie. He says, you know what that dollar represents the entire Gates family fortune. Okay. Let's talk about that. Relax. Christopher Plummer. Foreshadowing. Well, I'm just saying. So Christopher Plummer is living in a, it seems like a nice place, nice basement up there. Um, You know, DC real estate. John Voight's house is lovely. A wonderful house. Seems like a great neighborhood. It's got a great like front lawn. He drives a nice sedan. He's doing fine. Ben, who doesn't seem like he has a real job. He's just been chasing this treasure <laughs> all the way up into his forties. The, I, I found this via the IMDb treasure or IMDb trivia. Um, when he asked the woman to see the hundred dollar bill and he offers a watch as collateral, that watch is an $8,500 Rolex. So like, Ooh. There's yeah. the Gates family fortune goes farther than that dollar bill. I had a lot of questions <laughs> they, about how put, these people make money. But he it's put like, that on red and let it ride. It's <laughs> like those tweets. That's like, I only make $400,000 a year and here's my budget. And it's like, you know, nanny $380,000 on treasure hunting supplies. Like, the normal people can't relate. And I think like, Having been a resident of the DMV, I can't believe I just said that. I hate myself. <laughs> For four weeks, let me tell y'all something. There is some money up here, but I'm also, you know, I have to do the school drop off every day. And I'm very aware that the people that like where I come from, I would say, oh my God, you drive like a BMW. You totally have money. They do not feel like they have money. You can tell they feel like they're very like common and, and you like, so I live in a very lovely condo. Don't get me wrong. I am not trashing the place I live and I pay a lot of money for it, but <laughs> I live in a neighborhood with these houses that are insane. And these people are cutting they're picking their kids up and it's like moms and their, you know, top knots and their pants. You could just tell they're like, Oh, I'm just keeping it together, girl. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I feel like it's DC DC money is just different. Like if this movie, if John Boyd had that house in Mississippi, could be like, are you the mayor? <laughs> <laughs> there he's like slumming it. Are you the like, governor? <laughs> what are you yeah. doing? In a place like this, though, that's just like, oh man, I'm just trying to make it. I'm just, just I'm just trying to get by. <laughs> raising the future generation guy. of Benjamin Gates's. Um, Can I tell you how the audible, like real, ha, I let out when they said his full name in the first scene when he was like, do you want to be a knight? And he was like, yeah. And he's like, Neil. And he's like, Benjamin Franklin Gates. I went, ah! (laughs) (laughs) One of the Hall of Fame Nicolas Cage character names because he has a bunch of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Caroline, I'm going to clear out. I'm going to throw you the ball. You can play ISO. Walk (laughs) us through the fashion in this movie. (laughs) Some of the choices. Well, we've talked about the collars. So the first time that you really see Nick Cage in in his full element is when he steps out of that like huge snowmobile plow thing and he's got wild hair it's very (laughs) long in this movie 
he's got these like futuristic wraparound sunglasses and this big like fuzzy collared like arctic jacket and i was like i'm in for a ride can't wait (laughs) (laughs) and i don't it's just so i think they um other than the collars on nicholas cage which are just ever growing what was that meme from a few years ago where it's like if you like for every like we'll make his collar bigger and the guy it was like a coach and he's like <laughs> so i'm talking about my collar it's not that not that big of a collar it's like that like it's just like and it's also just also splayed which like amplifies his very open neck the the first time they go to dr chase's office this fit is the loose white button down with the splayed it's collar wild. it's like a brown blazer it's tucked into jeans it is wild (laughs) wild and her stuff is pretty lovely she's a delight like she she looks beautiful in the gala dress diane kruger is i mean gorgeous yeah um classy dame yeah she's lovely throughout um and so and then you get to justin banza and i'm like first of all buddy in my notes i'm like what are we doing with this goatee that's what made me look up what year it came out first because i was like that's actually because I, I was saying before we started recording i was like if you had told me this movie came out anywhere from 1992 <laughs> to 2012 i would believe you like i i just it it's very a very it feels older but also has newer and so i looked and i was like you know what i think this is early 2000s and I think I guessed 2003 and it was actually 2004 or vice versa, whatever it is. Oh, four. And is I was just anything like, anything goes as far as fashion. Yes. And, and like Martha you. is going for it as far as anything. The goes. wide leg jeans, multiple layers of shirt. So the it was outfit like the outfit he has in the last scene of the movie is a fucking oh war God. crime. Like it, it is <laughs> horrendous. <laughs> Baggy jeans, the converse, the low top converse, the button down, brown blazer over the button down but a t-shirt but there's another, also under the button yes down. yes that was it so it's an open and it's all like purple like dark purples and browns and i was like sir we need to have a conversation and throughout he's got that very like um hip and young skin like his hair is entirely too long he's got too much hair to have it that long he's got a very thick head of hair got a lovely head of hair yeah gotta gotta figure it out man it's too much going on all right Here's my thing, though, y'all. Again, as a person who was 17 turned 18 in 2004. Oh, I had crushes on everyone who looked like that. I know. That's the thing is like, here's but I've talked about this before in different capacities. We came of age at a time when boy bands were everything. Mm-hmm. It was like hunky, stylish men. And even like, you know, big action stars. But like, think about it. It's like the rise of the rock and Vin Diesel and, and Paul Walker and like, these just like masculine men. And then in 2004, everything started going pretty emo. And we were like, he's wearing a hoodie. (laughs) Look at that. Look at that creative facial hair. He's got glasses on. I bet he's sad right now. We just reverted as women, I think to like, well, not reverted. We just like switched gears. Like we yeah. spent years being like, oh man, look at the hunky like, shirtless guys dancing on stage or being in the movies about exploding things. And now we're like, oh my God, he has feelings. He has feelings. I just, <laughs> I just want to be around his you feelings. Know? And I think he perfectly encapsulates yes. at least every boy yes. I was into from like 2004 to 2007 for sure. I mean, in, Minus during he that didn't time. have frosted tips. 
he didn't have frosted tips, which is just about every guy that I had a crush on. I avoided the frosted tips, but during that time period, middle school, like had the long hair, bought a bunch of Chiodo shirts. Like we were, we were were living sad. Like I still basically, (laughs) he basically just missed the like hair for out of the eyes thing where you like, or it's Barely. too long slightly and you like can do that move which is great on a podcast because everyone can see me well the thing um, is like, like three years later five years later whenever the hangover is he's got like he it's it's a it's cropped his hair looks great yes he, he looks, looks lovely awesome. it's a glow up that was three years later it was three or five i can't remember the hangover was 2007 or 2009 but I, but again y'all i think it was it was it might have been 2008 i think it might be maybe split it was the two, difference maybe i split the difference but Again, Kyle, you don't count because you're in middle school. I looked very different from 2004 to 2007. 2004, Alex, and 2007, Alex. Oh my God, they're they're not. Oh yeah, that's start of college, Caroline, and end of college. Exactly. Like if you were again, if you were transitioning into adulthood, yeah, then you did have the glow up, and you were, but you still had that. But even in the hangover, poor thing, you're just like, oh, emo kid. We could have a hot topic together. (laughs) <laughs> and you, or like i was expecting to see one of the like hollister t-shirts like that has the bird on it whatever uh, that says, like one of the green ones and it's like oddly distressed when you're like you know the one you get fresh and it's still distressed and like what have you been working in the iron mines with that like where did you get i mean you just ca- like the way he looks in this movie is the way hollister smelled in like 2005 <laughs> <laughs> Even Bean, though, in this movie, like Bean is dressed like an iron worker the whole movie. And like he, and he looks. Well, it's like weird mullet thing. Yeah. That's not it's, fully a mullet, but like. It's aspiring. It no, I mean, with, with Bean, it's like I had the Boromir hair from Lord of the Rings. I don't exactly want to get rid of this, but I need to. I like I'm going to run some grease in my fingers through it. And we're going to kind of roll with that. Not a, not a single hair product on this set in the bench trailers. No. Um, there might not have been a hairstylist on this set. <laughs> that's where they cut, we, that's where they cut yeah. cut some time out of the, the hundred million dollar budget. We, yeah, because I do think Sean Bean had very good villain wardrobe, like a lot of black leather. Yeah, like a lot of jackets, black jeans, a lot of jackets. You could put a lot of yeah. a lot of stuff in there. I just <laughs> imagine that the wardrobe stylist was like, "All right, Nick, yeah, throw this shirt on. You know what? Put this three quarters zip over it. Yeah." <laughs> Hold on. Here's a here's a hoodie, like sweater thing. <laughs> just one one more light. Just put a jean jacket, like a gray over. Yes, now we're good. Okay, I'm, yeah, that's it. That's it. I nailed it. <laughs> look, like I get that I'm from the south. I understand it. I've accepted it. You will never find me in a layer. <laughs> there is there is one source of fabric, and like I will wear a coat when it's cold, but like then you take the coat off. And you're wearing what you're. I'm not wearing layers. I mean, okay, get I wear ready, like get ready for. Oh, you lived in New York. I did live in New York. So like, I, I know, yeah, but yeah. like, as far as like indoor activities, and especially if you're being active and searching for if clues, treasure hunting, treasure hunting. What do you? Like, you know what? He, he's ready Drake for wears? any treasure hunting environment, though. Like That's he's. The thing. He's ready to go down deep five stories into Boston. He's also ready to run around the streets of Philadelphia. He's ready to dive off a fucking aircraft carrier. Like he has all the clothes. It's just, 
if you have somewhere to put the clothes, it's fine. But when you're on the go, like I already know, like, this is how I am in general. Even when it was like the South gets cold, even when it get cold. And I knew like, oh, I'm going to need a jacket just for standing still. If it's like an errand day where you've got to go to the grocery store and like home goods and whatever. No, one layer. Cause I'm going to be walking so fast. It's going to warm me up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fine. It's just, it would have been absolutely hilarious if there was a scene where he's like, hold on. And like takes off a layer and like ties a jean jacket around his waist. <laughs> Is this kind of his errand day though? Like if, if his main occupation is treasure hunter, is this just kind of like what he does? This is errand day. This is going to the grocery store. I would tell that it's 2004 or whatever, because um, he was able to go to major uh, museums and monuments and get day of tickets because that shit sells out online. As someone who's recently tried to go to museums places. Yeah. Keep that in mind when we take our DC trip. Seriously, like they're free. Most of the Smithsonian's are free, but like you got to reserve it. Yeah. Like for tours where they're like, oh, we'll go over there. Like it was what they had 22 minutes to get over there and get inside. Yeah. Bullshit. That'd be one of you ain't getting you ain't getting on that tour. That'd be one of those like when the movie ends after 15 minutes, it's like we need to go to Philadelphia to get to read the silence do good letters, and they get there and like sorry, like you you can't. And then and then Ian. Yeah, you gotta come back tomorrow. I know. You didn't book it online. I'm sorry. (laughs) You gotta come back tomorrow. We just or like a tour bus offloads in front of them from like Lincoln, Nebraska. They're like "Ah, like, I'm sorry, our next tour leaves at 3 30 and they're like ahead. Yeah, we we need to be at the top. Of Benjamin Gates does not plan ahead. He's he's no. flying by the seat of the pants. I want to for for what didn't work. I want to like the actual mechanics of the movie being too long. You need to cut. Yeah. You need to cut twenty minutes out of this movie. Like you got to find it somewhere. Like even the recap I watched was too long. <laughs> it was thirteen minutes. I was like, oh man, it's really it's really lagging in from, the middle. <laughs> from stealing the Declaration of Independence to getting to that church in in Boston is way too long. Like we've got to we've got to find clues quicker. And I I don't know where where gotta we hustle. would do that, but yeah, got to find clues quicker. Quicker. Yeah, I think like even if it's a topic you're interested in, even if it's a movie with that's exciting, you got to like know your audience well enough to know how long they're willing to put up with the shit. Mm-hmm. And especially when it's a either like a treasure hunting movie or a movie that's paced, right? Like you only have so much time to do this thing. I think you'd be very mindful of the fact that if you're moving quickly, you don't get to drag in the middle because then people are like, well, what am I sticking around for? Because you're absolutely right. Like the beginning is great. The ending, I love. The middle we could have done without, you know? Yeah. Like, and I definitely don't want to see the Snyder cut of this movie. Oh my God. No. And I don't like, I don't need him getting picked up by the FBI and doing the thing on the aircraft carrier. And like, it's just, they find a different way for them to meet up with Ian and like have the FBI in pursuit the whole time. Eventually he meets up with, with Harvey Keitel. Like we need that. And then, and, and like cut out 10, 15 minutes and we're, we're glorious. Yeah. Um, Get this thing under two hours. Yeah, that should be the goal. Like, how long is the sequel? I never saw the sequel. I've seen the sequel once, and I do not remember the sequel at all. Okay. Besides, uh, I think they find out. I think <laughs> there's a reference to the JFK assassination or something like that. I don't. I don't Look, know. I'm not that gonna lie to you. Film. I'm gonna watch the second one. <laughs> like, You'll have to let maybe us not know tonight. How it is. But, yeah, I think the thing 
I think the plot of the second one is that one of his relatives gets implicated in the assassination of Abe Lincoln, and he has to like clear Amazing. that relative's name, which is excellent. <laughs> you know what this movie this needed now. more of? <laughs> you know what this movie needed more of? Public transportation. <laughs> what if they were just like, all right, we got to get over the train station. Like, <laughs> him on a bus. Just, just him on a bus, him on a train somewhere. Waiting 12 <laughs> minutes for the next one. To <laughs> yeah, they were trying to get to archives and they're like, ah, crap, we just missed the green. We got to wait for the yellow. <laughs> I, I want to get into best scene. Is there a scene in this movie that could be a candidate for best scene that is not finding the, the Charlotte, the ship, that one, stealing the Declaration of Independence or the end, the end trip in the Trinity Church? Is there anything no. in that hour and a half span in between those scenes? Definitely not the intrepid, even as a well-documented fan of the Navy. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? A well-documented fan of. <laughs> as, the Navy's, as the Navy's Caroline. number one movie stand. Caroline, you should be in the Navy. <laughs> Have you considered it? you love it so much as a former employee of the navy (laughs) even i was like what are we doing here although that did get us the stokes the stokes scene from uh, dexter Um, if we could improve this movie him saying if we could have gotten him to say surprise motherfucker would have been right exactly i was just gonna say like if he was like flawless (laughs) comes around comes around one of the planes and is like surprise motherfucker (laughs) so let's break down our three like our, our three contender scenes three best scenes in this movie Uh, finding the Charlotte is important. It's smart because the satisfaction of finding something early, like getting the quest going early is smart. Essentially the first thing we time we see him as an adult, he is fulfilling this thing that he has looked for, for probably the last 30 years. Like, and of course the first thing he finds after the metal detector, after he's like scraping is a bell that says Charlotte. So he knows exactly what it is. Like I've definitely found the first thing that I, that I uncovered is this bell, but, um, it gives us right to like the, we've got to steal the declaration. There's a betrayal. There's an old wooden ship explosion. It's got all the things I like really. <laughs> it's got gun gunpowder and, and uh, flares, yeah. you know, look where some, you're standing. I have some issues with it though. Two issues. What? Okay. And I'm going to, th- y'all are going to have to help me with the actual line. So we get here, presumably, he has bankrolled this whole journey, which is how Nicholas Cage stays alive by getting crazy rich people to. And there's <laughs> the part where Ian says, I thought you said it would be here. And Nick says, I said it could be. <laughs> how do you knock out the details before you yeah. give him the money? If I... Also, that's word for word exactly what is was that said. What yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, how do you not know the deal? Like, how do you not ask for sure? Is it definitely there? Or like, like, how do you not ask that before you're just like, here's my money? Do you guys know what this is? Is it a billion dollar pipe? It's a meerschaum pipe. Wow, that's beautiful. Look at the intricacy of the scroll work on the stem. Is it a million dollar pipe? No, it's a clue. Let me see that. Don't quit. Don't break it. We are one step closer to the treasure, gentlemen. Ben, I thought you said that the treasure would be on the Charlotte. No, the secret lies with Charlotte. I said it could be here. That's ridiculous. Also, 
how long has that ship been underwater uh, or in the ice whatever i think Frozen. we're going on we're looking at like 250 years ish i need to know how long gunpowder lasts yeah that's i was like this is you probably tell too me damp it stays okay snow gunpowder a little too damp I just it's a little too damp. Maybe it's, it's like being in the freezer. Smush. Is gunpowder a thing? Like you can you can put it in like your vacuum sealer and just put it in the in the All freezer right, for, for a rainy day. <laughs> Everyone at home. <laughs> this is this is my backup it. gunpowder. Um, yeah. I, that the other part that didn't the only thing that didn't work for me on this scene is he finds the barrel next to the dead captain. First of all, I laughed very hard at Bantha's like reaction to seeing the dead body or the skeleton, whatever. <laughs> he's like, and then Nicholas Cage just deadpans, like handled that well, <laughs> like whatever. And I just died. I just thought it was so funny. But he finds this stuff. He finds the little thing. Everyone else is kind of like aimlessly looking around and like kicking over barrels full of gunpowder, which apparently is still good. And he he finds this little pipe immediately knows what it is immediately knows that he needs to like prick his thumb and like roll it on paper or something to get a story out of it and the first thing that sean bean thinks is well i'm done with your expertise (laughs) he's like i don't know what else someone could have done to prove that they are definitely needed for the rest of your quest than everything that just happened yeah yeah like Sean Bean doesn't no think sense. that he could have talked like, cause the thing is he, t- he then later in the movie takes Ben hostage and is like, I, I need you. So I'm going to hold you at gunpoint. We're going to do this. He could have done literally the exact same thing. Like he should have just held him at gunpoint and say, okay, I understand that you're going to try to snitch on me about stealing the declaration of independence. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to be my hostage being my guys are going to steal this thing. And then we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to make moves again. That's exactly he kept right. trying to get away from him in this journey, and that's made no sense to me because I'm just like, you're clearly not as dorky as Nick Cage <laughs> with all of the information that you need. Um, I did love when the one henchman or whatever they all ran together for me. Um, was like one of them. How, yeah, he's like, how do you think it got here? And the Riley was like well, I'm not a scientist or whatever. He said, like, I'm not an expert, but, and then he goes on this really scientific description of like the weather changing and the like Pangea type thing. I don't know. It was really hilarious about like tectonic plates and water rising and et cetera, et cetera. And he's like, so that might be how it got here. Like, from- <laughs> I got a good, I got a chuckle out of that. It was, it was I was like, I'm going to like this guy. You're funny. I like you. Let's talk about our 20 minute heist of stealing the Declaration of Independence. There's just one, there's just not a chance any of this works. The thing upon rewatch that really jumped out to me that I had never noticed before is Ian and his guys are in a food truck. Their truck, did you notice like in the, in yeah. the scene where they're getting away, like the truck is a real a bump, food truck? And like it's it a is food used truck. for yes. food. Yeah. Because we, we see this all the time that like it's like they're, you know, like an inside man. They're in the plumbing truck or the painting truck, but they get out and it's, you know, whatever. They're using the food truck for cover, but they didn't empty out anything. It's like legit still styrofoam containers. Yeah, it's like they're all gonna, over them. They're going to cook fried rice as soon as they're done with this <laughs> heist. Like it's like, guys, we, we cannot take the stove out of here. Like we might need the stove. <laughs> yeah, we might need this. Um, 
I also, I think my favorite least believable thing was like the the laser beam that he uses to heat up the sensor. That was my favorite. But you also know that I love, we talked about this with speed. I love a repeating <laughs> video feed. <laughs> I talked about this in speed. <laughs> You know how I feel. And and you love love hacking. This is a double hack because Bartha hacks into it and then he gets hacked. Okay, Ian and his guys encounter one security guard in between them and the the Declaration of Independence. One guy. (laughs) They were all with the guests at the gala, of course. Just. They're not going to bring in more people. <laughs> just tough. Um, the Trinity Church, the final scene, like our satisfying. We've got the two the two rooms, and oh, the the pipe is back and stuff like that. The thing again on rewatch now, seeing it, you know, when they they're initially getting in the casket, like they break open the grave and they pull the casket out, and the body falls, and now all I can think of is uh, coffin flop from I think you should leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> wait caroline have you watched oh i don't know <laughs> have you watched i think you should leave okay. no we're gonna we yeah. should do that as everyone a has anyway. everyone has homework now um, <laughs> the the whole <laughs> that's that's all i that's all i thought about um oh, it, it's God. very satisfying them getting to the the treasure and everything like that it's just like you know it's gonna work like you know ian's that gonna one leave. felt that one felt very um like later levels of uncharted where you're like kind of walking around the room looking for the prompts to like oh okay and then you like look at your little journal again because he's like looking at the things on the wall <laughs> the <journal. laughs> Yo, he's like I'm oh trying. i gotta line these up like, <laughs> like whatever um and so yeah it just i i ugh. ian had moments of like being a really genius bad guy and then there's just times like okay so i'm going to boston and you're gonna stay here and you're gonna be be here because you gave me a good i'm going to boston (laughs) (laughs) and he would leave them and then they're like good he's gone let's do the real puzzle like it just i'm like buddy come on what are we doing yeah ian not not a mastermind caroline what's the uh what's the best scene in this movie (sighs) i'm going stealing the Declaration of Independence just because like when you think of this movie the first thing I if someone says National Treasure I think I automatically go let's steal the Declaration of Independence yeah (laughs) it's just as ridiculous as it is and even they have all the stuff where it's like the guy in the van and they've got the surveillance they've got all the you know pre-planning montage where he's like testing out his laser beams on you know the thermometers and whatever it's a very simple heist. It's a double heist. Being the Declaration of Independence. I did actually really like the, well, the man in the van with, with uh, Riley, I thought was great because he was saying some of the like most ridiculous, funny things. Like when he's like, I'm just going to take it and do it in the elevator. He's like, is it heavy? <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so much, but um using the bulletproof glass like as the other guys try to get it like showing up at the exact same time like that's just good like the, the switch actual... with the museum copy is a nice touch yeah yeah are you trying to steal that um yeah so i, I like that a lot i think that's a lot of fun you even get some like peak cageisms where he's like 
pointing at the security cameras and stuff as he's like going through the the preservation room um so the actual heist itself i don't think it should have been much more difficult to steal the declaration of independence yeah. i feel like but it's an iconic like I, it was great i loved it yeah also don't pay with your credit card when you do yeah. <laughs> he was like you stupid we're on the thing. grid <laughs> we're on the grid I've been thinking about it. If anything in this movie had been more difficult, it would have been like four hours. Maybe that's what the supercut is. It's just them struggling. <laughs> just more more difficulties, more questions. Maybe the yeah, map yeah. had like 18 different things they had to figure out. I bet it's literally just logistics. It's getting out of the village in the Arctic. It's, you know, I again, I would love a metro scene. They like missed the stop. <laughs> Maybe literally one single bonding scene between Diane Kruger and Cage. It shows them talking about anything other than the Declaration of Independence. They don't know. They, don't they know. talked about those Washington making coins or whatever. Yeah. He was sending fancy gifts the next day. They don't know anything about each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For the they know enough. They everything. know enough. All you need they to know. They know they have that animal magnetism towards each other. <laughs> I have a um I have a new category that I didn't I forgot I didn't include it on the run sheet but a, a new category okay so uh, I didn't so include excited. it so you guys yeah so I'll, I'll it's the oh my god Peter Gallagher award for the hottest person in this movie <laughs> oh no um gosh and I can't say Diane Kruger <laughs> I feel like plumber. you can say Diane Kruger. <laughs> we, we should probably, we should actually probably not. We should probably not say Diane Kruger because that's such an obvious answer. So the, yeah. the oh my I'm God, Peter Sean Gallagher Bean. award. Yeah, Sha- it's yeah, Sean, Sean Bean for me. Yeah, that is, he's just got, it's like an Alex <laughs> I'm going to call her, call myself out. Texting about this last night during the Emmys where I was like, this is where I have known I've like matured. It's like, even 20 year old me, college me, just out of college me, whatever, um, wouldn't have been like, ooh, Jason Sudeikis is such a babe, like whatever. And I <laughs> I would have, but still. <laughs> last night he goes up in that tux and I told her, I was like, he looks fantastic. Like, absolutely. The fact that he still has the lasso, first of all, this is not the right podcast for this, but I have some theories that he has <laughs> the lasso mustache and that he didn't say for sure that season three was done. But anyway, that's not the point, but I agree. I think it shows maturity when like you can identify a version of yourself that would not have found that appealing in any way. And then you're like, that is the most appealing thing <laughs> I can think of. So, so I get it. Jacqueline's idea for this category was actually having it be the O Peter Gallagher uh, award for the hottest person over 50 in this movie. <laughs> Christopher Plummer. But yeah, we'd be we'd be limited to Christopher Plummer, John Voigt, and Harvey Keitel. I love that I've never met Jacqueline, but she gets me. Like she just she <laughs> I say this me. all the time. I like, like here's I'm obsessed with her. The thing about Kyle's lovely wife, Jacqueline that's funny to me is I only know her obviously through Kyle. I know her because we follow each other on Instagram. I've watched their whole romantic, Oh, their romantic love story play out. I know we've talked about (laughs) the podcast before, but we need a whole podcast dedicated to it. But like, sometimes there are things I just want to say to her and I'll just send it to Kyle. I'll send it to Kyle and be like, I can't send this to her because we haven't met in person. That's weird. Will you just tell Jacqueline, this is how I feel about something. And it'll be like a Taylor Swift song. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, it's always like when something happens, we're like, Glenn Powell's going to be on on uh, game day. And he's like, Jack, I want to know if you're still alive. Are you okay? <laughs> Seriously. Like last week, you know, whatever, listeners, I've, I've got some stuff going on. <laughs> and so Kyle was like, Jacqueline just said, this is like your all too well 10 minute version moment. And I was like, tell Jacqueline that was my inspiration. <laughs> I'm telling you, she gets us. Yeah, I'm gonna Jacqueline, have to, have to link all, all of y'all up when uh, when the new T Swift album comes out because I'll be over in my oh, corner listening to the Carly Rae Jepsen album that comes out the same day. That's a good. Both it's gonna can be exist. Good... I'm just doing one first. That's all. Yeah, to be a good music day. Um, okay, the Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. Who's in it too much? Cage, obviously. Yeah. Kruger. And oh, Martha. I guess... I think Do you Martha... have to put Sean Bean in it too? I mean, or I'd say I, I'd probably put Sean Bean over Bartha for the like in it too much. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll maybe both of you. So yeah. that um, gives us Kaitel is Agent Peter Sadusky. Uh, Voight is Grumpy Patrick Gates. Christopher Plummer one scene thrown 100 miles an hour. Um, the okay. Alex is leaning into her mic again. Christopher Plummer. <laughs> I, I want to shout out. Okay, in um, this movie, the the one security guard at the National Archives who we hear speak, the guy, the Code Red guy, Code Red, we have a break in. Uh, he is the butler from Wedding Crashers, with like in Wedding Crashers, he has like the Jamaican accent, like which <laughs> probably something to unpack there. But uh, this actor's name is Ron Canada. So Ron Canada's only line in this movie is code red. We have a break in, which like if I was ever going to be in a movie, I would, and I had one line, <laughs> that's what I would want it to be is code red. I, I could be great at that guy. Like you're into like the wrist mouthpiece, you know, you've got like the wrist mic yeah. the code red. We've got to break in. Like I could be great at that. The other one, there's two other ones that stand out to me of like best one line delivery in a major movie. Um, I love the guy from Happy Gilmore that says, Jack, it's yours. Shooter's going to choke. <laughs> love him. I can see his face right now. And then, That's not where I thought you were going. Foreshadowing <laughs> to maybe next month. Some but um, the guy in Armageddon who just goes, Independence grew. Like, <laughs> points them to their spaceships. <laughs> I don't know why those are the two people that were, I've watched it and thought the same thing where I was like, I would have crushed this role. Ron Canada is in, is in good, uh, good company in this <laughs> He's one. He's a legend. So you guys are both going plumber for this one. I mean, plumber's excellent. He, he, I'm going Voight. Voight. I'm going, I might She's go going Voight. Voight. I'm going plumber. <laughs> it's Christopher Plummer. I might Zach and go Kaitel. I love Kaitel. Harvey Keitel, just and put him in anything. Uh, the the fixer, Mr. Wolf in uh, in Pulp Fiction, like perfect, perfect performance. I never saw that movie. I don't think I've seen it either. What? <laughs> Again, Again, I've seen so many scenes from it. That's um, one of the I most know, important like, movies of the last thirty years. Important to who's me. <laughs> <laughs> I know the Royale with cheese line. Uh, I've heard the soundtrack multiple times, which actually included, my parents had the soundtrack and they included the Royale with cheese line. Um, And then I know the dance scene. 
I know the like when he comes on, he like looks around. Like I'm again, it's memes where I feel like I've seen yeah. most of it. It's, it's heavy meme. Like basic gist. It's heavy meme. Yeah, you, there's there's <laughs> yeah. a lot to it. Um, yeah, he's so disappointed. He's like wrapping it up right now. He's like, all right, great, thanks for coming on, guys. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> no, so Carolina, I can't remember if I told you this, but I, I I've added this category since Speed: best time, worst time. Because we yeah. had a great time talking about this. Who had the best time? Who had the worst time? Which character had the best time? Which character had the worst time? Who had the best time in this one? Do you mean like shooting the movie or just like the character? Character. In the... Character. character. Which character really? did I start to finish? I see. I had Riley as the worst time. I feel like he had a terrible time. I think he's one of those though that like is happiest when he's miserable. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> so he's one of those that's like perfectly fine with his life, but listens to a sad song playlist just to feel something. I feel like he would complain through the whole thing. And then later is like, that was super fun. Exactly. Like, yeah. Um, His first generation iPod is full of some sad boy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Worst time might be John Voight. John Voight oh, has yeah. a bad time. He, he has a, a bad grunt. time. Like he gets like his son that he doesn't really like, maybe. Shows up at his door with a strange woman that he may or may not have impregnated. Um. <laughs> Again, a weird first choice, John. Weird Boyd. thing to say. And then she goes, "Do I look pregnant?" And he's like, "No." no, no. <laughs> um, then they do stuff to the Doc Diversion <laughs> Independence on his dining room table, steal his car. Well, I mean, they take his like he lets them take the car, but he has to pretend like he's been taped up to the or they tape him to the chairs like this whole thing like to keep him out of it. But he's still taped to a chair. It's implicated in felony. Tape- yeah, how long did it take the cops to get there? Then he gets kidnapped by the bad guys later, and he's like 75 years old, and they make him walk on the rickety thing where you see some da- dude fall to his death. And then he has to tell his son that he was wrong. <laughs> Which That's the worst part. That's the lowest point. <laughs> I don't ever want to admit, do that. He's got to admit all of his shit talking. <laughs> that's See, that's, that's probably... 40 years. <laughs> if we were still doing the least authentic part of this movie, I think that might be it because any real dad would be like, yeah, treasure was, treasure was real, sure, but I also had to lend you money last year. So, you know... <laughs> exactly. Talk about some treasure that, that, I, that I haven't found. <laughs> Maybe it's a millennial thing, but I do think about this in movies and shows when... You see even a grown adult kid being like, I reject you, parent. And I just want to be like, <laughs> you found that parent. I'm like, who put you through college? Who covered your rent for six months because you got a girlfriend and wanted to buy her gifts all the time and you just didn't have it? Like, that's what I'm thinking of is like, in what reality, and I know it exists, so I, I'm probably going to get some hate for this. In what reality that when you turn 18, you are completely self-sufficient and you never need your parents again. I know people have to go through that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. There are definitely people who are put in that position, but like what otherwise privileged person is like, I'm 18 now. I never have to ask my parents for anything again. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. I literally called my mom today to ask her questions about stuff I don't understand. (laughs) I do it every day. Hey yeah, mom, like, I, I'm 36. What are taxes? I have I haven't done my <laughs> Should own. I pay them? I haven't the done my own taxes. T- I'm the amount of times that I've called my dad from a car dealership, it's embarrassing. That's a question <laughs> that if like if we knew a bit more about taxes would be fun with this movie. What do Benjamin Gates' taxes look like? 
Like oh, occup- occupation, <laughs> treasure hunter. Because <laughs> all of that is contract work. You know he's not saving a third, which you should do to pay your contract, like your, you know, your freelance taxes. Ten ninety nines from like your ten ninety nines. Random these random villages where he's like, can you just sign this to say that I was here? <laughs> but Ian, Ian is also completely <laughs> off books too. Like Ian, yeah, 100%. Ian, everything's 100%. under the radar with him. That's the thing. Is like. I realized I can't relate to a treasure hunter, <laughs> but when I got laid off from SB Nation, I had to do a lot of shady shit to be able to pay my rent. And look, Alex actually all- stole the, the Declaration of Independence. I did, <laughs> but like all of it was above board. I did many contract jobs in that year, I guess, that I was unemployed. But I can't tell you how many people were like, "I'm just gonna PayPal you," and I'm like, "Please don't." <laughs> I don't want to be implicated in something. Can we just like, here's a 1099. Here's an invoice. Can we just keep it? But, you know. They put in the like description emojis. Emojis for like, (laughs) screw screw the government. (laughs) Fuck the feds. That's the the public Venmo status. (laughs) Yeah. All Um, cash all the time. (laughs) I will say I legit thought for a second, because I knew there was a second movie. So for a minute, when they got to the room where it was like the dead end, I was like, they legit just the real treasure are the friends we made along <laughs> the way. Me. Like, I legitimately thought that it was going to be like, we didn't find the treasure, but we found ourselves. We found each like other. One of those. Yeah. Like, um, so I was really glad when they found the huge treasure with shout out to them for the amazing lighting system that somehow, again, like the gunpowder, was just ready to go. The Masons like, couldn't build uh, stairs that would last, but they could build a yeah. uh, luxury lighting just system. Gasoline sitting there waiting for you to come in with a flaming torch. I think with that, like Ben, Benjamin easily has the best time because he is very much yeah. like the, Hey, it's he's like, he's the Vinny chase of treasure hunters. He's like, Hey, it's all going to work out, bros. Like this is going to yeah. be fine. Like I'm going to find this. Can I tell you, who he is. Okay. So I think I've told this story on the podcast before I once dated a guy, we had a whole thing and it was intense. And like, when we broke up, it was very sad. And there was a time where like, we almost got back together. And then one morning he was just like, I'm really trying hard to focus on law school in the gym right now. And it was because he had been like reading the classics and got really into stoicism. That is who (laughs) is like, things don't have to happen to you. You can just watch them and be like, that hasn't happened to me. I don't have to feel anything. That's who that's, that's him. Ben Gates would have sucked to have roomed with in college. Just absolutely sucked. He's just constantly telling you about how he's like looking for this treasure. You're like, yeah, Ben, no, I get it. Is that treasure (laughs) going to help you pay your half of the rent? Like, and he'll be like, it is what it is, man. <laughs> he's, he brings you like some dollar. He's like, this this counts extra though. Because if you look on the back, there's a crow. It's <laughs> like a clue to a treasure. He's trying so to tell you one. about like his history professor actually being wrong about things. And you're just like, man, I, I am not here to care about school. Like that's just, it's not. Just not go right. work at Chipotle, please. <laughs> Um, he also, you know, best day because again, ends up with Diane Kruger. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's, that's the ultimate. I I was going to say Ian also had a great time because you can tell 
when he's telling Ben that he used to set up operations, arrange operations, questionable legality, he realizes like, I'm, I'm done with the straight and narrow, like daddy's back. We're, we're getting back into crime. Yeah. <laughs> and he, Ian's, exactly. Ian's like, I feel alive again. I just absolutely love that the FBI is like, look, bud, someone's got to go to jail. Someone's so what do you got for me? And he's like, do you have a helicopter? One. Very modern yeah. law enforcement. Hey, someone's got to yeah. go to jail. One of you someone's guys has got to roll with each other. Like, <laughs> why would you not have gone with him anyway? Because he's clearly the more bad guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, my God. Roster moves. Making casting no. changes in this one. I There's will not say, a single person that should play Benjamin Franklin Gates other than Nicholas Franklin Cage. The one place where you can insert someone a little better, a little more famous, like someone who'd be a nice touch, would be uh, Ian's right-hand man, the guy who has gunpowder light on his arm, or the the, the guy who's holding the gun. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he falls through the steps and, and dies a horrible death. But like, they, they are very close, by the way. He was upset about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that guy could have been someone like could have been. Um, I mean, there's not a black character with more than one line in this movie. So maybe like I was Charles Parnell about that age. We get Warlock uh, from Top Gun. Stop. Yeah. In. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Your boy he MC just said Gainey. that to flatter her. <laughs> oh, and MC Gainey would have been Gainey great. Really good. <laughs> um, He's just listing people from my favorite movies well, at I'm this point. He's like, I then try to find like Paxton? people from <laughs> English guys from around that time because, like, I think Ian's running with a pretty English crew, like young Tom Hardy. Like, let's go with that. Let's and bring some Jason handsome Statham. Vinny Jones. This doesn't count. Because the timeline is wrong, but pretend that it was just made nowadays. Riley, Tom Holland. Oh, I mean, perfection. Perfection. Um, Speaking of treasure hunting and Tom Holland, though, I will say it was a lovely moment (laughs) for me when he finally puts his little leather bandolier thing on, whatever, the holster thing in Uncharted. Great moment. Loved it. It good. No notes. Thumbs up. Uh, Before Mortar Store. Prequel, sequel, or remake. So here's the thing. We've gotten a sequel. I don't know what the new Disney Plus series is. I don't think it's like a remake or reboot or reimagining. I would like to see a prequel about Sean Bean uh, being a criminal and arranging heist. Because if he could so quickly tap into the the assets to steal the Declaration of Independence, I've got to imagine that his career before financing Treasure Hunters is uh, w- was... A pretty interesting one. I would also lean into the mic, plumber. I would uh, love to see his. Plumber. <laughs> I would love. Hello, Christopher Plummer. I would like to see uh, his Gates family journey. This would make a sick period piece. Like incredible. Mark Wahlberg would play him as a young man. Yeah, nailed it. That, did I just blow y'all's minds? Mark, Hollywood, call us. Mark Wahlberg in in nineteen fifties DC. Stop rocking a th- <laughs> rocking his actually Southie accent. Actually, you know what? It's gonna be Andrew Garfield playing Christopher Plummer ah, in 1950s. You did not just do that to me. Yeah. <laughs> I would be because so he's so that. good in a period piece. Let's be honest, oh, like good. the man can carry like um, it's also it's just like Robert Pattinson. Did anyone else? Did anyone else in the world see Water for Elephants? The yes. movie was excellent. Christoph and he Waltz. was I was forced to watch it. in it. Yeah. Robbie, I liked it. Robert Pattinson 
like after Twilight, then spent the next 10 years making incredibly interesting choices and very good movies. Like, like Kristen Stewart. Yes. <laughs> that was an interesting choice. But like uh Good Time, he's amazing in. The Lighthouse, he's amazing in. Like the new Batman, like great. Like Robert oh, Pattinson. I love him as emo Batman. Oh yeah. Like Can hot we, topic can, Batman is amazing. Can we talk about a movie though that could be two hours long? Like that did not need to be three hours. Like I saw someone on Twitter say it. They were like, there's a very, very good two hour movie in this. I haven't watched it not in theaters. Like, I don't think I would like it nearly as much not in a theater. I fell asleep twice. (laughs) (laughs) And then made a bunch of people mad online because I said it was fine. Oh, yeah. People people don't like opinions. No. But they got a lot of opinions in this episode. About National Treasure, a fine movie. About all sorts of stuff. All sorts about Incredible. about fashion, about Christopher Plummer, uh, about a lot of things. Caroline, Alex, it is so good to have you both back on the show. Tell the folks where they can follow you, and we'll listen. Tease it. Folks are going to be seeing you guys a lot more in the show coming up. A lot, lot of fun stuff. So no, I'm really excited, y'all. I'm back. Kyle and I finally mended our fences. We did. <laughs> Water, Kyle, water under the bridge. We tied it up. <laughs> Listen, you, there's going to be someone that literally thinks that you guys like. I know, you did. Like, and that's oh, going to be the best part. You, like, you caught me up in that reporting with my business associate Brett Favre. I've forgiven you. True. <laughs> <laughs> I have overlooked your association. I know it's just a beautiful story about two friends this, who can like forgive. This one volleyball um, stadium, like I've. <laughs> I, I, I regret it <laughs> but it's fine now you uh you atoned um yeah you can find everything we're doing at ftw.usatoday.com or bet ftw.usatoday.com but if you go to either you're gonna find both of us yeah. we're very present we're very present on our website um yeah. and you can well, i'm not gonna tell you if you want to follow me, you can find me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna advertise that. <laughs> this year has changed me. If you want to follow Alex, what are you a cop? <laughs> What's wrong with you? You can follow me at Alex McDaniel if you choose, but at your own risk. You can find me on Twitter at CW Darney D A R N E Um And yeah, sure. Just or or just look at Glenn Powell's recent follows on Twitter. <laughs> and- I thought you were going to say Glenn Powell's Instagram comments. Well, that's no, no, same, no, no, no. same, same, no, same, same. But do not let it be known, this. Glenn Powell from Top Gun, who only follows like a thousand people, follows one this. Caroline Millicent Darney. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is true. That's not my middle name, but it is a true statement. <laughs> That's the uh, one. Yeah, that I, I was super. Now. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I was super chill about it. Of course, naturally, so. we we certainly didn't get a text about it. My my good friend Glenn, <laughs> future guest of the show. If you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate and leave a review if you're an Apple Podcast or Spotify. Uh, if you want to support the show, if you want to vote on movies to be covered, three polls up right now on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash sports. If you are a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Phenom to the Farm that is presented by Baseball America. 
Uh, great episode la- or great episode tomorrow with current Giants right-hander Trevor Hildenberger. That'll be a fun one. And we'll catch you on Big Screen Sports on Monday. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.